this whole time, we have been looking at this question, and we're going to put it up on the screen for you. It's, are you who the person you are looking for is looking for? Are you who the person you are looking for is looking for? Because this whole thing is not about finding the right person. We talked about that the first week. It's not about finding the right person, but it's about becoming the right person. And if you start becoming the right person, that is a giant step, a giant leap in the right direction for you to be able to find the right person. I don't know if you know this or not, but all every Saturday all over this country and in this city in particular, it happens a lot. But couples to get together on a Saturday, they put on their best and most expensive clothes that they've ever worn in their entire life. They gather friends and family. They get a pastor to come. They spend enormous amounts of money on food and a location. And they stand before an audience and they make promises to one another that they cannot keep. And they make a vow saying, I am committing my life to you. But they cannot keep the vow. That's what happens every weekend all over this country. And the reason they can't keep the vow is because they have not prepared themselves. And they've not put themselves in a place where they can keep the vow. That they can live out the promise that they're making. And see, the thing that happens to couples all the time is they break a very simple principle that they understand. It's a, it's a principle that they would apply to anything else. They would apply it to school. They would apply it to work. But they don't apply it to relationships. And this is the principle. Promises are no substitute for preparation. Promises are no substitute for preparation. Uh, in 2008, I had the privilege of uh, being in Orlando because I had some friends that were uh, participating in the Ford Half Ironman at Disney. And it was May. It was uh, crazy hot in Florida because Florida is hot like year round and it's like crazy hot in Florida in May and I get up at 4.15 in the morning. I don't know what I was thinking but I was going to support this group of people and I wanted to like be there for them and so 4.15 in the morning we show up at the race site at 5 a.m. Hello, 5 a.m. And like the sun's not up and like people are running around, like thousands of people are running around with like bicycles and bags and they're all getting set up. And then they, I eventually make my way to the lake where the race is going to start. And I don't know if you know what a half Ironman triathlon is, and I'm not going to get all the distance right because I'm not like an expert in this, but I think you swim 1.2 miles. I think you swim 1.2 miles in a half Ironman. If I'm wrong, somebody shout out and say, no, it's something else. 1.2 miles. Then you bike 56 miles. Okay, I just said 56 miles. That takes like a while, okay? <laughs> and then when you get done with swimming and biking, you then run 13.1 miles, okay? 13.1 miles, okay? That's crazy. 
And so I'm sitting there and there's thousands of people on this beach and, and they are crazy people. I just want to tell you, people that do this kind of stuff, they're crazy, okay? Because they spend hours and hours of training. I think, uh, uh, Grace, are you training for a half Ironman right now? Or are you training for one? You're crazy. I just want to tell you, I'm proud of you, but that's amazing. You got to be crazy disciplined like that. Kristen Fry is like Miss Fitness Woman here. She does CrossFit wherever she is in the room. She's training for a half marathon right now. So, I mean, they're crazy. They like to run and they like to like be fit, you know? And it's like, and I'm all into fitness, but there's like a level of fitness. It's like, okay, that's a little crazy. You got to be crazy to do this kind of stuff. So the way these things work is they have like a DJ. It's not really a DJ. It's called the starter. I'm calling him a DJ. Okay. He kind of talks, fires up the crowd. He's like the pep rally guy. And it's, it's, you know, now it's like 550 in the morning. The race is starting at 6 a.m. And he gets up there and he starts asking all these questions. And I am fascinated. To be honest with you, I am totally inspired in this moment. Because I am like, this is the coolest thing ever. I mean, the lake is like glass. You know, glass. There's alligators in the lake. They're getting ready to swim in. But th- that doesn't scare them. But it's like, it's, it's like totally glass. And he starts saying to the crowd, he's like, hey, how many of you, this is like your third time doing the Ford Ironman here, you know, and like people are cheering. He goes, how many of your second time? People are cheering. And it's like, how many, it's just your first time and like more people are like cheering and going crazy. And then he says, how many of you done, have done an Olympic triathlon before and a whole another crowd it gets louder you know in that moment you know because the olympic is shorter than a half iron man you know you don't have to like you don't swim 1.2 you swim a little bit less than that you don't bike you know 56 miles you bike a little bit less than that i don't know all the distances for olympic i'm not an expert in this stuff i'll be honest with you but it's less and so more people are cheering and he's like how many of you have done a sprint triathlon before and like you know a whole bunch of people are cheering now and like he's firing everybody up. And then he says this. He says, how many of you, this is your first triathlon. And like some people had the boldness to like cheer for themselves, you know, and they didn't know that they weren't supposed to cheer for themselves at that moment because like they're going, yeah, me, me first, you know, right here. I'm over here. And they're like screaming. And he goes, what are you thinking? And like the whole place is like, did no one tell you this is a half Iron Man, you know? And like, I'm being honest, like I'm watching this whole thing and I'm watching the crowd and I'm like, you know what? And at the time I am like crazy, crazy cyclist. I'm like living on a bike on a weekend. I'm, I'm doing, I mean, seriously, I'm biking. Like I love biking, but I'm not into like swimming. I'm not into running. I'm like, okay, but so I feel like I'm pretty fit. Okay. Just to be a little arrogant right now, I feel like I'm like in the best shape of my life since college in this moment in Orlando, okay? That's like fact. I'm not trying to exaggerate. I feel like, okay, since college, since I was like doing some athletic stuff, like I'm now like in the best shape of my life. This is like, you know, five years ago. And I'm like, man, I'm feeling good. And I'm like, I think I could do this. (laughs) Thanks for the vote of confidence. And so my friends get in the water. They, the gun goes off. They're swimming, and they're swimming. And I'm watching them come out. And like 45 minutes, this is like super great time. 45 minutes, there's this one girl. She's like a professional triathlete. Like her husband and her are doing it. She smoked her husband by 45 minutes. How was that conversation on the ride home, okay? So anyway... <laughs> Anyway, they come out of the water and they go get their bikes. I'm watching them get their bikes and they take off. Now, remember, I said 56 miles. So I have an hour and a half, maybe two hours, maybe even a little more than two hours to kill because I have nobody to watch at this point. 
And if you ever go to like a half Ironman to watch your friend, you are a loyal friend. I just want to say that. Because you're going to see those people about six times total the entire day. And that's if they like run in a lap, you know. Sometimes you get to see them three times. Swim, bike, and run, and that's it. You see them one time. And it's like you're spending like six hours, seven hours out on this course. And so I go back to the lake because I'm like, I want to see the people swim. And then they get... That, you know, the swimming is like finishing up and I'm watching this one man and he probably is about my age. He's probably like 37 at the time, okay? And I'm watching this guy like swim and I'm like, man, he is not gonna make it. He is not gonna make it. Like, I'm like, there's gotta be like a cutoff where they're like, dude, you gotta stop. You know, like you're not gonna make it. And he gets out of the water and he like can barely walk. And I mean, he's like doing this number and I'm like, did anybody tell him he's gotta ride 56 miles and run 13.1? And then it just dawned on me. It was like, man, you are a terrible swimmer. There is no way. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. You cannot do this unless you prepare. And the thing, and you can talk to Kristen and you can talk to Grace because they are preparing right now for different things. And when you do those kind of things, when you set a goal like that, you prepare for them. Georgia Tech students, you wouldn't go into physics too and not prepare for the exam. You just wouldn't do it. I haven't met anyone at Georgia Tech and said I didn't prepare for the physics two exam. If, they, if I met somebody like that, they don't go to Georgia Tech anymore. And that's the thing with relationships. We somehow think that, that promises are no substitute for preparation. The thing about relationships, people don't apply that to relationships. Because you think, and we think when we fall in love, that somehow that our passion, our desire is going to trump our lack of preparation. And so the thing that we're going to look at tonight. And the challenge I want to make to you tonight is I want you to prepare to commit. We're going to put that up. I want you to prepare. Oh, I I left out. We can put the next thing up. Go ahead. And and, and, okay. So here's the thing with relationships. Okay. I got to leave. This is great that we got the plasma screen because it keeps me on track. This is awesome. Here's the thing with relationships. Just because you say I do doesn't make you able. And then next slide. Just because you say I do doesn't make you capable. Just because you're like, I do, I can, I can fulfill this promise. It only makes you accountable. And, people, and when you're accountable for something you're not capable of doing, you become miserable. <laughs> I'm serious. People are all the time locked in. We'll go with the next quote. And there are a lot of people who are locked in marriages where they're miserable because they know what they're accountable for and they just aren't able to pull it off. That's the reality of marriage today. And I'll say this, that's the reality of a lot of Christian marriages today. People that are Christians, they're like, I know divorce is wrong. I know it's not right. But they were locked into marriages because they never prepared themselves. They never prepared themselves to fulfill the commitment that they made. And I'm telling you, students, There is a reason why we're doing this series here. And and what we're going to talk about tonight is so important for you to understand. Because it could change the direction of your life. It could change the course of your life. 
And the, and the great news is that we're talking about this now and you still have time to prepare. You still have time to prepare. The bad news is, the bad news is that you're never, you're never going to be less motivated to prepare than right now because you think you got plenty of time. Some of you think, ah, it really doesn't apply to me right now. I'm in college. I'm going to live it up. I mean, I eventually I'm going to do it right, but I'm going to live it up right now because that's what you do in college, right? I mean, you're going to like believe that lie. Next slide, please. Commitment is way overrated. Can I just say that? Commitment is way overrated. Now, some of you have heard me say on the stage that, you know, that you got to commit. And, and there's, a, there's a reality in, relation, in every relationship that you have to commit. But commitment is overrated. Because if you don't prepare to commit, then you cannot fulfill the commitment. And so tonight, where we're going, next slide, I want you to prepare to commit. That's the whole thing. I want you to prepare to commit. And here's the deal I'm going to make with you tonight. Here's the thing that I can encourage you with. Here's the thing that I hope inspires you. That if you prepare to commit, if you prepare to go through the process of what you need to go through to commit, so that when you stand on that day, when she walks down the aisle, or when he, when you are walking down the aisle and you see his face light up and you get there, if you have the privilege that God graces you with that moment, that you could say everything in that moment and actually be able to back it up. That's what I want for you. That's what we want for you. How awesome would that be if that day happens for you? And you say, I do. And you're like, I'm totally capable of doing this because I've done the work to do this. And so there was this guy in the Old Testament. His name was Solomon. He's the wisest man that ever lived. And we're going to look at two verses tonight that are going to help us focus around this truth. All right, get you to the place to, that you could prepare to commit. And the, fir, um, the first verse is Proverbs 14, 8. And here's the deal. It's going to deal with um, being prudent, Okay. I just want to say a couple of things about being prudent. A prudent person is a person who understands that all of life is connected. A prudent person is a person who understands that all of life is connected. A prudent person understands that the things I do today, the things that I do today will eventually be in my past, but will show up in my future. A prudent person understands that the path and the direction that you are going will determine where you're going to end up. And so, in Proverbs, Solomon says this, the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. Now, ways are patterns. Ways are habits. Ways are actions that you take. And, and what... Solomon is saying here is the prudent person evaluates their path. They evaluate the direction that they're going. They take notice of it. They're looking at it. They're evaluating it. They're asking, is this the right direction? Am I doing the right things? So they evaluate their path. But the folly of fools is deception. 
And I don't, I really don't, I mean, folly is kind of a fun word because it's kind of fun to say, like folly, you know, and it rhymes well with fools. I don't really like the, the, the word folly, though, because it doesn't have the punch of what it really means. I feel like we're like folly, ha, 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 you know. It really says, but the stupid, stupidity, but the stupidity of fools is deception. That hurts a little bit. You don't want to be called stupid, but you're like, oh, that was my folly, you know. I was foolish. But the stupidity of fools is deception. And being, they're never thinking about the consequences. They think, oh, the consequences don't apply to me. They're not going to impact my life. The next verse says this. The simple believe anything. The simple believe anything. Now, I don't know if you've been in love before or not at your age. I know some of you have. But have you ever been around somebody that's in love? Like, they are like, and it's the early stages, and they are like in love, you know? I mean... They're like, oh my gosh, can you, I mean, and they are like so falling over the person and it's just like sickening and you're like, no, it's not as great as you think it is. And you're not in love because it's been like 48 hours, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know, they believe anything and they're like, you know, I was going to class today and, and he had a gray, he had a gray shirt on and I had a gray shirt on and we just we just we were like the perfect couple you know we were so matched with each other you know and they're like oh it's just meant to be you know and you're like no he wears gray like three out of the five days a week you it was just a coincidence and and she's like no gray's the new black it's so cool you know he's so cool and you're like what Gray's new black. What are you talking about? Like, like they're just in la-la land. It's like, what in the world? And you're like, you have no clue. But the simple believe anything. They're like, you know, I mean, he's a college basketball fan. I mean, he's a, he's a guy and he's a college basketball fan. And I, I mean, I never knew it, but I mean, I didn't know that I love college basketball so much, you know? I was like, I love college basketball. And you're like, what? You're like, who's your favorite team? And you're like, you're like they're like, um, uh, uh, Duke. Duke's my favorite team. It's like, well, who's the coach from Duke? And you're like, Coach, uh, um, uh, sh- sh- uh, uh, I don't, Coach K. Coach K, yeah, that's, that's the, the coach. And, and you're like, you don't have a clue and they're over there like it's February I can't wait for March gladness I just can't wait and you're like March gladness it's March madness you dummy you don't know a clue about basketball but the simple the simple believe anything they believe anything that's the deal with the simple but the rest of the verse says this but the prudent give thought to their steps The prudent give thought to their steps. And the key word there is steps, because if you look at someone's steps, you'll see the direction they're going. You'll see the direction they're going. And you got to figure out, Solomon basically is saying it this way. Let's go to the next slide. The paths people choose trump the commitments they make. The paths people choose trump the commitments they make. And so if you're in a dating relationship, you don't look like, you don't like ask the question, oh, where, where are they? 
And what commitments have they made? You would never ask that in a dating relationship. Like, like before you started going out, where are they? And what kind of commitment? Or can they make a commitment to me? Like you would never ask that. But you want to ask the question, where, where have they been and where are they going? Where have they been and where are they going? That's the kind of thing you want to know about somebody that you're dating. Best thing, the past is better indicator than a promise. The past is a better indicator than a promise. And that's what a prudent person knows. A prudent person knows that the past tells you a lot about someone's future. It'll tell you, you know, and here's the thing you've got to get, ladies. And I'm just telling you, ladies, and I'm not trying to pick on you, but I'm just being honest with you. Some of you have hopes and dreams, and I know they're genuine. They are real, okay? You want to be married, and you want to be in love, and that is so real. And I'm telling you, guys don't think like that, okay? They don't think like that all the time. I'm not bombing on all guys. I'm just saying guys don't have the same hopes and dreams that you have when it comes to relationships. And so you got to know this. Because you want these desires so bad and you start believing that what they're saying is true. And you're not thinking about the past indicator. And you're looking at the past indicators and you're like, oh, well, but he says he loves me. And it's like, no, 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 no. He's saying he loves you because he knows that that's what he needs you to hear. And you got to know these things. You got to know these things. Because you've got to figure out, okay, do his actions match up with his words? Because the past is a better indicator than a promise. And so here's the thing. Here's what we're going to um, look at. Commit now. Next thing. Commit now to becoming someone who can keep commitments later. Commit now to becoming someone who can keep commitments later. And so you got to figure out, where are you headed? Where are you going? Where are you now? And are you on the right path to becoming the person that you're looking for is looking for? Because here's the thing. If you commit now to becoming the person that you're looking for is looking for, I promise you, you are going to get in a way better position to be able to finding the person that you're looking for. And you're going to put yourself in a position that, there is high, that you would be highly unlikely to end up with a person who doesn't have the same values as you. Because if you prepare now to become the person that you're looking for is looking for, if you prepare now for that, then you, you, your values will be so in conflict with someone who's not preparing to be committed. So tonight... Here's what I want to do. I want to give you seven things, seven suggestions, strong suggestions that you have to address. They're going to come quickly, okay? I need you to engage your mind and I need you to pay attention. Some of you need to write some of these things down, okay? And the first one, we're, we're, we're not starting easy here, okay? But the first one is this. Address your baggage. Address your baggage. I don't know if you know this or not, but every single one of us in here has baggage. We all have it. 
Some of us have baggage that can fit in the overhead compartment. Some of us, because we've been blessed by God and and just had an incredible family life and we were very, very loved growing up and we just had like all the right circumstances, we have like a, a baggage that can fit under the seat in front of you. Amazing. And some of us, when we show up with our baggage, it's like, that's going to be an extra $75 for all three bags that you have, and you're, they're overweight. Did you have a dead body in the bag? Is there a dead body in the bag? We think, that, do we need to look in the bag, and we think there might be a dead body in the bag. And here's the thing I want you to know. All of us have baggage. All of us have baggage. But we've got to deal with it. And some of you don't realize that if you don't deal with it, there's going to be great consequences. And whatever, please hear me on this, whatever your baggage is, your baggage is not too great that it can't be dealt with. You haven't ruined your life. There might be consequences for some poor choices that you've made, but you haven't ruined your life. And that's the beauty of us talking about this tonight. There's this quote I want you to see. And for some of you, this is the whole series. This is it for you, okay? And here's the quote. If you attempt to build intimacy with a person before you've done the hard work of becoming a whole and healthy person, every relationship will be an attempt to complete the hole in your heart. I'm gonna read it again if we can back it up. If you attempt to build intimacy with a person before you've done the hard work of becoming a whole and healthy person, every relationship will be an attempt to complete the hole in your heart. And I'm telling you, if you come from a broken family or you just have a damaged relationship with a parent, you have some work to do. And I know that's deep, and I'm not trying to make light of that. I'm just telling you, you have some work to do, because if you do not do the work now, it will show up in your relationships later. And if you do not do the work now, and you get married, your angst, your anger, everything that's in you is going to come out against your spouse. It just happens that way. Because you've got unresolved issues in your life. And some of you right now, this is serious. This, when, when I even bring it up and talk about the work, you're like, I'm not doing any work there. Because you've been hurt. You've been damaged. And I'm just telling you, you owe it. If you want the best kind of relationship, then you've got to do the work. You've got to do the work. And for some of you, if you need help with that, we're going to put some email addresses up in just a bit. Please contact me or Christian, and we would love to help you get help because some of you need some like professional help to deal with that. And that's okay. I'm just, people, I just want to say this about counseling. People think, you know, they, they shouldn't go to counselors because they don't, you know, they don't want people to know their issues or they don't want to talk about, I'm going to a counselor. And I'm just telling you, we encourage counseling all the time here because we want you to get healthy. And these are trained professionals that can help you. And so if that's you, please contact us. We'd love to help you. I'm going to talk about that even more, but we're going to move on to even one that's more fun to talk about right now. Okay. Ladies, this is for you. I'm not trying to bomb on you tonight, but here, don't dress like a commodity or put up with being treated like one. 
And, I, you know, and here's the reality. We talked about that in week two. If you miss week two, you need to go listen to week two. But and, and in here, we don't really have this problem. But like if we were to hang out with you like on Friday night or Saturday night or Thursday night. And you're hitting the clubs, you know, it's like, hello, like, really? Like, are you the same? Like, what, what just happened here? I mean, I was hanging out with you Monday night and you were like all modest. And all of a sudden, what happened? Like, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't think you need to be dressed that way. And guys, I just want to say to you, you don't need to be encouraging that. You don't need to be like being like complimenting that, valuing that. Because here's the deal, ladies. If you, if you dress like a commodity, if you dress like a commodity, then you're going to attract a person who wants to treat you like a commodity. And so don't dress that way. All right? And guys, do not encourage that in any way. And, and just to, here's the deal. We're, I don't know if you can get this at your age, but I think you'll understand what I'm trying to say. But we're so, this culture is so into looks. And it is so messed up. It is so messed up. And it is a lie. Can I just tell you? And I'm not saying attraction is not important. Attraction is way important. Chemistry, yes, you need all of that for a great, healthy relationship. But I, I, you are growing old and your body is not going to look like it is right now in 10 years from now. And in 20 years from now, I'm sorry, it's just not going to be the same. And you can iron man up or iron woman up all you want to for as long as you want to. And your body is going to fall apart. And you do not want somebody who wants you for your body. You do not want that. You want somebody who wants you for your heart and what's inside of you. That's what you want. And guys, same thing. We put way too much value on the looks. Way too much value in the looks. And we talk about it and we think in our minds, like we think we're like pretty hot stuff ourselves sometimes. And it's like, man, I deserve, you know, I got to have, this is my kind of woman and she's got to look like this. And, and you have a, like, I don't know if you ever hear like guys talking about, well, like, what's your look? And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, hello? Like if that's, what you're, if that's where you're at, you got a long way to go on the preparation trail. Seriously. Because you don't get it. All right? Got to keep going. I'm going to run out of time here. Seriously. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Number three. Break your bad habits. Okay? You got to break them now. And this is the thing where you're going to have the least motivation to do because you're in college. You're like, my bad habits aren't going to affect my relationships. If you have a drinking problem, it's going to affect your relationships. And you're like, but I'm in college. And I don't really have a drinking problem. I just, you know... Drink like once or twice a week, you know, but when you go out once or twice a week and like you can't stop drinking. It's like you might have a problem. If you have a drinking problem, deal with it. If you have a smoking problem or a substance abuse problem, you need to deal with it. Ladies, if you have an eating disorder, you need to deal with it. And I I, I probably need to change my tone on that. And again, again, we want to help you with that. It's not going away. It's not going away on your own power and will. It's just not. It's a disease. And there's something distorted and you need some help. And we want to help you with that. Guys, I, I, I tell you, I mean, we talked about porn two weeks ago. 
And I made this invitation at the end of the time after Joseph talked about it. And I said, hey, if you have a problem with this, please contact me. And I would love to get you professional help. I said, we would pay to get you professional help. And just statistically speaking, I mean, there are guys in this room that struggle with this. There are girls, statistically speaking, there are girls in this room that struggle with this. And I've had two guys contact me. Two. That's all I had. And I'm just saying, if you have a porn problem, it is not going away. You cannot just walk out of here and go, you know what? I'm going to stop. You've got to have high accountability. And if you're addicted to it, you've got to retrain your mind and you need help. And so I'm just making the offer again. If you need help, contact me. We're going to put the email addresses up, I think. So this is me. Guys, contact me. Girls, contact Kristen right there. Brad.Horton at BuckheadChurch.org. Kristen.Fry at BuckheadChurch.org if you're listening to the podcast right now. But contact us. We want to help you with this stuff. And why not deal with it now? Seriously, why not go ahead and deal with it and get rid of it? And get on the path to preparation so that you can commit. So that you can commit. I'm, I tell you, I have two friends. They, have, um, they had a porn problem. They both got married. And they both ended up divorced because they got affairs, okay? Your porn problem is a much greater thing than you realize. And it's much more powerful than you realize. And so deal with it. Deal with it. Whatever the problem is, whatever the habit is, we've got to break it. And we want to help you with that. So please, please contact us. We would love to get to know you. We'll have total confidentiality in that. And we'll get you in the best kind of treatment we can get you in. Number four, all right? This is always fun to talk about at the living room. Postpone the physical component of your dating relationships as long as possible, Okay? And I, I just, I mean, this is crazy, and I can't even think of the guy's name right now, but um, the Heisman Trophy candidate from Kansas State, anybody can help me, uh, Kirk Cousins? What? Colin Klein, that's what it is. Colin Klein, thank you. So Colin Klein, this is so crazy. I saw this, and I was like, what in the world? This is amazing. He's at the Heisman Trophy presentation. Did anybody see this? And they ask him, he's like, how are you under pressure? And like, you know, this is a different kind of moment for you, and how'd you prepare for this? And by the way, we heard that you and your wife did not kiss until their wedding day. Amazing. I was like, are you kidding me? Heisman Trophy candidate. He's going to sign and make millions, whether he's even a dud in the NFL. He's going to make some money. They're set up for life. And I mean, he's got it all. And he's like, they just got married the, the summer before his senior year. And so Tom Rinaldi is asking him, sticking the microphone in his, in his face. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. I'm like, how amazing is that? That they did not kiss until their wedding day. Now, when they kissed on their wedding day and they went on their honeymoon, do you think they were going... Man, I so wish, I'm, I think if I'd known it was going to be this good, that, you know, we would have started that, you know, in month number three, month number two, we would have started that on the third date. Do you think they said that, don't, do you think they said that to each other? Like, oh, I wish we had done that. Or do you think that they got there and like, well, what do you want to do? I don't know what to do. <laughs> do you think they had any trouble figuring that out? that's awesome so postpone the physical component as long as possible 
Okay, here's what you need to know about the physical component. Self-control now trains you for self-control later. Self-control now trains you for self-control later. That's huge. You got to get this. Men, you got to get this. Self-control now trains you for self-control later. And then the next thing on physical intimacy, I just want you to see this. Intimacy clouds your ability to discern what is best for you. And I'm telling you, I see it all the time. Ladies get in relationships and they know it's not right. And they want, they know their friends are telling them it's wrong. They're, te- they're saying, get out, get out, get out. And there's something holding them back. And the thing that's holding them back is they've gone where they didn't want to go in physical intimacy. And they're just thinking, but we've already gone there. And if I just stay in long enough, it might work out. It might work out. And it clouds your judgment. And so you just got to, to delay that part of your life as long as possible. And I promise you, the benefits will pay off. It will pay off for you. And you will be able to make better choices as you're dating and trying to figure out God's will for your life. The next thing, non-Christians, don't date a Christian unless you plan on becoming one. If you're here tonight as a non-Christian, I'm so glad you're here. But I just want to tell you the truth. Um, If you're dating a Christian and they brought you here tonight, um, I'm about to let the cat out of the bag, but they're hoping you're going to become a Christian. That's the whole thing for them. It's a total bait and switch. They want you in the kingdom. No matter how much they've told you, they are lying to you, okay? They want you to become a believer, all right? And so I'm just being straight up with you. If you don't want to become a Christian, then you need to get out of that relationship like pronto, okay? Just doing you a favor, Christian. Wherever you are, I'm doing you a favor, I promise, okay? Now, to the Christian, I just want to say this. We got to hurry up here. Missionary dating is not God's plan of salvation for your boyfriend or girlfriend. And I know, and, and here's the thing. The simple, the simple believe anything. Remember that principle. The simple believe anything. And for some reason, your circumstances are different. And it's not true. Do you think God is that small? That he needs you to date that person so that he would come to know Jesus? I mean, I'm being serious. Because if that's your God, he's a really tiny God. And my God is way bigger than that. And I can trust him. And I can trust him with my good friend's life and know, okay, you got a different plan. You can share the gospel with him a different way. Missionary dating is not God's plan of salvation. Moving on, next thing. Get out of debt and stay out of debt. Okay, and I debated on this one because you're like, debt? We don't even have money. Why are you talking to us about debt, you know? And I was like, and I was like, I got to talk to you about this because some of you are racking up on school loans. Some of you are racking up on credit card debt because you got some things you got to have because you want to be like a commodity, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, get out of debt and stay out of debt. And if there's anything I could do, I was blessed. I'll be honest with you. My parents paid for my education. They paid for cars. They paid for my grad school. I was spoiled. I will admit that in a heartbeat. And I know some of you just like welled up with like envy and jealousy. And I get that. I totally get that. Okay. But here's the thing. I never learned how to handle money correctly when I was your age. And whatever kind of money you got or don't have. Okay. I'm telling you, you got to figure this out because debt 
creates so much tension on marriages. And it's what couples fight about all the time. So get out of debt. So as quickly as you get out of college and you can pay off loans, pay them off. You got to have a plan. Start learning how to save and give now. That's so important. All right, moving on. We got to get to the last one. Get involved in your local church. And I know it's like, what? You're the pastor. You're supposed to say that. Come on now. What, what in the world? Y'all, this is so important. And I'm just telling you, I have, some of you, we just took a survey. Some of you don't go to this church. I don't care what church you go to. I mean, I would love for you to go here. I want you to go here. But whatever church you go to, I want you to get involved. And the reason you need to get involved is it will change your life. It will change your life as you serve. And we have some incredible students that serve in Wombaland and Upstreet. And um, they serve in transit and inside out. And you hear them cheering right now. And it's awesome. And I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, if you get in these environments, you're going to meet some really, really cool people. And you want to meet people that have the same kind of values as you. And so getting involved in your local church is going to be way better than trying to meet somebody on a Friday night. I'm just telling you. You're going to meet the right kind of people. And guys, I'll just tell you, go to Wombaland. There are incredible women there, okay? Incredible, okay? If I were a college student, I would be in Wombaland or Upstreet. Listen, the thing about Wombaland, they love kids and they want to be moms, okay? I'm just telling you, that's where I would go. That's where I would go, okay? But either way, find out. Find out where you need to and start like serving. It will change your life, Okay? All right, I got to wrap up. Here's the deal. Become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. And you got to understand why this is so important. Okay, why we did this series. Okay, I was talking to a friend about this. I really believe this. And I'm not just saying this as we wrap up. I think this is one of the most important things that we could teach on. It is one of the most important things that we could teach on. I mean, the most important is we want you to know Jesus, okay? And we want you to figure out how to know him and grow in your relationship with him. We want you to read the word of God. Okay, most important, knowing Christ for sure. But I'm telling you, and you know this from experience. Marriage, when it's not done right, it ruins people's lives. And it breaks hearts and it breaks up families and it has an impact on children. And many of you in the room know exactly what I'm talking about because you come from broken homes. And I'm telling you, this is the most important thing for you to get right. And you've got to prepare. You've got to prepare yourself to commit so that when you stand on that day, you can fulfill your commitment. And Buckhead Church, Billy Phoenix, who is here, Clay Scroggins, who is here, Joseph Sojourner, who's here, Kristen Fry, myself, Sam, all the worship leaders, we want the best for you. But if that's not enough, I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he promised us something if we followed him. He said that we would have the abundant life. He would have the best kind of life. And I'm telling you, if you want the best kind of life, you got to prepare to commit. That's what you got to do. Because if you do not prepare to commit, your life could take a drastic turn that you are not expecting. And so you've got to prepare to commit and you've got to prepare to commit Starting now. So we're going to wrap up and I'm going to pray for you right now, okay? And I'm going to pray fast because we're over time. Here's the thing you need to know. First group of people I'm going to pray for, everybody in the room is going to shut their eyes, okay? Heads bowed, all that kind of thing. In just a moment, I'll tell you when. You don't have to do it right now. And 
Here's the first group of people. I want to pray for you because you've been hanging out in the series and you think you're, you have ruined your life already. And you have no, like you just don't believe that God is for you. And I want to pray for you because he is for you. Okay, and the way I'm going to do that is we're going to have everybody shut your eyes. I would like for you to make eye contact with me, okay? And I want to pray for you. And then the second group is I want to pray for all of us who want to commit, okay? So if everybody can shut your eyes right now, bow your heads, that would be awesome. And if this is you, if you're like, man, I've got a bad past, I have been on the wrong path, and I just don't see how God could forgive me, I just want to say this to you right now. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So whatever lie you're believing, you got to stop believing it. So if you want prayer because you have a bad past and you're like, I want to prepare to commit, would you just look at me right now? Just make eye contact with me right now. Eye contact with me right now. That's awesome. That's great. That's awesome. God is so for you. God is so for you. Every single one of you is looking at me. God is so for you. And I just want to pray for you right now. Let's pray. God, I thank you for these students. And God, you see their hearts and you know their past. And I just pray by your miraculous, powerful Holy Spirit that you would comfort them right now. That they would feel you, God. And I pray that they would know that you are for them. And that no matter what is in their past... Yes, there might be scars, but you are a God who restores. You're a God who heals. You're a God who makes all things new, that we are a new creation in you, God. That's the truth tonight. And so I pray that you would just meet them right now and that you would comfort them and know that, let them know that you have a wonderful, the best kind of plan for their life and that they can prepare to commit to you. And for the rest of you, If you want to prepare to commit, to go through the process, I just want you to make eye contact with me right now. Eye contact quickly. We got to be quick here, okay? If you want to prepare to commit starting tonight, and you know you got some things to deal with, but you want to prepare to commit, I just want to say, that's awesome. It's so great to see you. Let's all pray together. Father, I just thank you for these students, God. And God, I don't know what is, is their baggage. I don't know what, what is their thing, that they, what's their obstacle tonight. But you know exactly what it is. And I just pray that you'd lead them, God. And I pray you'd protect them. And I pray you'd keep their feet on the right path, going in the right direction, God. And I know, God, there's so many women in this room that have hopes and dreams and desires, God. That they want the best kind of marriage and the best kind of relationship, God. And I just pray that you would, you would help them prepare for that. And you would give them incredible discernment, God. And keep them on the path to preparation. And God, I pray for all the men who have that desire too. And I pray that they would um, get all the help they need, God. Whether they got to break some of these horrible habits that they might have. But they know that you could lead them, that you could lead them out of whatever addiction that they have. And that you could make them the spiritual leader that you've prepared and planned for them to be, God. And I pray by your spirit that you would lead them in the days ahead. 